So welcome to our social impact. Today we have Brian Screenar from New Profit Foundation. So Brian, I know all about what New Profit does because they funded us way back in the John Legend Accelerator mm -hmm. Program. So for the people that don't know what you guys do, maybe kick it off with an introduction to New Profit and, and your role there. Sure. Thank you for having me here and thank you for being um, one of our star uh, um, investments, um, and uh, we're very proud of our stable of incredible social entrepreneurs, of which you are one. Um, you make uh, New Profit work, and so thank you for doing what you do and for inviting me here. Um, New Profit is a social venture firm. Um, we look at investing in um, social entrepreneur endeavors like a venture capitalist would work. We'd look at investing in conventional startups. Um, we use the parlance, but we're a 501c3, we're a nonprofit. Um, but we look at ways to go find value and metrics and help organizations or individuals and social entrepreneur endeavors scale, uh, build capacity, and create sustainability, which is a euphemism for being able to raise money <laughs> to, to, to <laughs> yeah. grow. And, and we look for um, social entrepreneur organizations that have proven, uh, we have two tracks uh, back up. The first track, uh, our, our conventional track, um, it's we look for social entrepreneurs <laughs> that um, have proven some sort of success in the market um, and have the ability to scale and then eventually launch. Um, and then we invest in them and pr provide wraparound, complete wraparound support services um, from leadership development, um, our connectivity to our our stable of um, investments is is remarkable. We, you know, Wendy Kopp, or founder of Teach for America, is one of them. Um, and then we provide actual physical investments. Usually, our our tranche, uh, our conventional tranche, is a million dollars over to four to five years. Um, and during that, is we take an activist um, role on the board. Um, we start a strategic plan. We come up with metrics. Um, and then we base success on that, um, and then we help cultivate and grow, and that um, comes with a wraparound suite of great high-powered accounting and management, business management from Deloitte, which is a good partner of ours that offers all of these pro bonos um, services to our, our, our investors. So, And then we bring it to a point like a VC would launch a startup. We launch you into the world. Um, and... Teach for America City are, are probably the two most famous organizations that now have, you know, uh, operations all over the country and have uh, budgets um, over $100 million each. Uh, and secondly, we have an accelerator program, which you are a member of, um, which looks for scrappy leaders in the community that are addressing some s serious systemic issues um, that have great potential to really expand, and of which um, um, the Prisoner Scholarship Fund is one. Um, and that's an accelerator program that's a $50,000 investment that comes with a lot of our services and access to our um, continual um, network and um, abilities to connect and, and raise your awareness. So um, those are, that's the uh, fair, um, that's, um, <laughs> fair start. That is... Uh, uh, new Profit in a nutshell. The organization's been around for 20 years. Um, it was a, a, a trailblazer in this field and looking at how do you find, applying private equity, venture capital investment perspective, how do you find value in social entrepreneurship and kind of upended 
um, and uh, cliche disrupted the conventional charitable organizations where charity, you know, big organizations took big uh, grants and then made impact investments, which is important. But too often we've we found that grants were too restrictive. All of our investment is unrestrictive because we understand the importance of development. And too often the grants were restrictive in ways that were uh, unfortunately um, um, excluding many of the individuals that they're trying to help. Um, one of the one of the tenets of new profit in our systemic view is we call inclusive impact. Um, conventionally, it's called diversity, equity, inclusion. And we always have a lens of how do we um, invest in and capitalize diverse leaders of color with a lived experience and proximity to the issue that they're trying to, um, to address. And too often, like conventional capital and investment, you know, m communities of color, leaders of color, um, the capital and investment they uh, we're getting for philanthropic endeavors with far narrow and far more restricted than conventional privileged white guys. So that's something else that we look at um, as we um, try to disrupt on our 20th year how social impact giving is, is is taking place. So is this year 2020, your 20th year? Yes. So you're gonna have this is my first year, so <laughs> forgive me if I have any <laughs> misquotes about the history of New Profit, but yes, this is the New Profit's 20th year um, and as part of the 20th year, which goes into your question about my role, um, New Profit is based in Boston. It's founded by a dynamic leader named Vanessa Kirsch, who founded an organization um, in the 2000s, late 90s called Public Allies. And uh, one of the individuals she hired to run her Illinois operation was a dynamic um, leader whose husband at the time happened to have been a community organizer course, that's Michelle Obama. Um, so Vanessa has extraordinary um, network. She's respected by people that are there um, venerable standards in our own country and society. And, and so Vanessa is able to forge a really, really gold standard. I know you know her well, and she's a big fan of yours. So Vanessa started this premise uh, 20 years ago um, in partnership with um, some of the founders of Bain Capital with the premise of how do you use private equity value proposition to go apply it to the um, social impact sector. And she took off with it and has created a, this, this amazing organization that's, that's the gold standard in, in social impact giving. Um, but it's based in Boston. A lot of its investors and investments, investments generated came from the East Coast. And on, and on its 20th year, it's looking to its own 2.0 and its continual evolution. How do you have a true national presence? And many of the systemic issues that New Profit has always looked at exist here in the West. It's just the West has parochial lenses on some of the same issues. The issues are, are at the core shared and systemic, but the lenses and how they're approached and the history are very different in the West. And, and Westerners speak differently. We approach issues differently. And so my role is to launch an operation here in Seattle uh, and, you know, with the hope of expanding to the West Coast in an intentional way that has a very Western perspective on parlance and identification of systemic issues and how they resonate and manifest, manifest here on the West Coast. Um, our connectivity to the rural, um, rural Americans and rural issues uh, is it's much more acute and much more cultural. 
Um, and so, so those are some of the issues that we have an opportunity here. Plus, um, New Profit has, is, is, is grateful to have a, over a five or six year partnership with the Gates Foundation on the K through 12. We've partnered with them on, the Gates Foundation is a, the largest charitable organization in the world. Um, they do many things well, um, but they're not set up to have that targeted growth um, kind of capacity building for social entrepreneurs. They, they're really good at d giving out grants and coming up with really aspirational programs. We partner with them to define a metrics for investments for social entrepreneurs that are working to, um, to address many of their programmatic issues. So we've had a partnership with them for a long time, and that's another reason Seattle makes sense. They have been amazing resources to me here in Seattle, both on the structure of our partnership, but also the connectivity with here in the, the city and the region. So. I think that's the first time when I met you, we met at the Gates Foundation yes. for some uh, kind of a kickoff mm -hmm. for you coming to Seattle. Yes, um, they were, um, Sarah Allen, who run, who's a, a deputy director of the K through 12, um, she's been a, a, a great resource, um, very welcoming and um, in, in describing the, the first, the relationship with Gates and new profit, but also the application of their programs nationally here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I'm new to the philanthropic space. This is my first year at New Profit and my first year into social impact yeah, you giving. you mentioned your first year, so where did so, you so I, 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 Well, I will say that I'm grateful to the Gates Foundation, the Rakes Foundation, and other local organizations that have done really great social impact work here for... Um, for extending their arms and realizing this is a collaborative process. And so they've been great. Uh, before this, I spent um, the, the majority of my career, I've spent in national politics. I lived in DC for over a decade. Uh, I worked for Senator Cantwell twice, who's a senator here in Washington state. Um, and I also had the privilege of working on President Obama's 2008 campaign. And then I served um, in the first term of the administration. Um, uh, ending as a, a, a deputy chief of staff, Secretary Salazar uh, at the Department of Interior. He's an extraordinary leader. I cannot say enough about both men, um, both leaders. And I actually had the opportunity to work at Interior during a really true national crisis during Deepwater Horizon. And um, for a national disaster, um, it was one of the most formative experiences of my life. And I had the opportunity to see our leaders lead, which is a, a true privilege, um, considering the 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 the, uh, the perspective of what was happening. Um, and then I came back to Washington State to work for Senator Cantwell again, with the intention of staying here. I am originally from Montana, Western Montana. My big city growing up was Seattle. <laughs> so was that Go Cats? Go Cats, Go Bobcats. <laughs> yes. Anyone who knows Montana know. I grew up born and raised in Bozeman, so I bleed blue and. You know, there's a, a, a bad F word that we can't say that I would say that goes to the Grizz University of Montana. <laughs> it's a regional thing. But um, so this this is a place where I feel literally at home. Um, and uh, Senator Cantwell was, was gracious enough and gave me an opportunity to come back here. And through that, I built relationships in the state of Washington. And then I transitioned to um, working for uh, Nathan Mirvold, who is a remarkable modern day Renaissance man. He's the first, C yeah, first CTO of Microsoft. Um, uh, he founded an organization um, called Intellectual Ventures in 1999 
that treats um, uh, patents and intellectual properties or equity class. Um, he also um, created a lab along with Bill Gates, his former boss, um, uh, called the Intellectual Ventures Lab that did all of that does all of the invention and kind of um, proof of concept for a lot of amazing things, including a lot of products that are generated uh, out of the Gates Foundation for their um, their combat of infectious diseases in Africa. So a true privilege, and I was his, Nathan's chief of staff for five and a half years, a true privilege to be in proximity and breathe the air of someone like that. And I was able to do it in that capacity. And uh, I'm grateful for Nathan for taking a shot on me and providing me a lot of experience. And, and so um, that's been my career to date. Um, and <clears throat> I met Vanessa and some other individuals here that are business leaders who are involved in New Profit um, about two or three years ago, talking about how New Profit could set up an intentional footprint here in the Pacific Northwest and on the West Coast. And the, I often give advice to individuals about how you do stuff around here because I'm a, I'm a grizzly veteran of things. And um, the conversation turned into, why don't you just do this? Um, and so this is a great opportunity for me to take on this, in many ways, an entrepreneurial endeavor. Um, and so now, um, you, you know, I've just celebrated, I was just in Boston last week for a number of kind of 2002 review outlook discussions, but also I celebrated my first anniversary. Um, and in the last year, it's been a really great personal growth for me being exposed to individuals like you, um, and seeing the potential and opportunities and challenges that exist in the social impact field. So, well, thank you for saying that. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious about two things. Um, maybe one is what does the day-to-day -day operations look like mm. establishing an office, mm. but also kind of how does New Profit evaluate the people they support? Kind of like you, you can make the comparison to the VC world, and the VC world kind of looks at an exit strategy of someone's going to buy the company or they go public. Mm. So how do you how do you apply VC principles to social impact? Yeah. Uh, first question. My day is varied. Um, I'm a person of one here right now intentionally. I've spent the first part of my tenure, the first half of the year of last year, focusing on uh, literally the cliche of listening and learning and meeting and talking to people, um, you know, and then building a brand in a way that resonates with individuals, both from investors or to philanthropic donors to potential investees here, and then partnering with some of the big organizations that have demonstrated success in the field. Seattle is um, notoriously parochial. Um, it's notoriously adverse to aggression. And so, um, but it, it's a very nurturing place. It's, you know, invest here, build here notion, both from its venture capital perspective and from its social impact perspective. And um, I think all Westerners can say this with a bit of libertarian streak. You know, folks in the East Coast have many good ideas, but just don't tell us how to do them. And so I think that edict applies in many ways um, that, you know, I work in an organization with tremendous success that's done amazing impact, but they're based in Boston. And I, I have colleagues that are, are incredibly smart, but the way I talk and the way they talk is slightly different. Yeah, where, where are you more comfortable? Are you more comfortable in the passive-aggressive space or in the uh, in-your-face boss? I, I personally am more aggressive. I mean, I don't know. The passive-aggressive thing just hit the Rockies and stopped, and the Montanans <laughs> are friendly. Not aggressive, but I think we're a lot more transactional about 
um, and direct in, in, in positive ways. Um, and, and here, but I do understand and I understand the patients. And I think that Seattle is a very deliberative place. It's a, it asks a lot of questions. It's a very smart place. Um, it, it's a very thoughtful and it's a place based on facts and data and, and it's a proof by example, which is a, a great model. Uh, it just, you have to recognize the market. Um, and, and, and I think that's, and it takes a little bit longer to get lifts and to build up kind of the trust and, um, the communications and continual checking in and people here have been extraordinarily supportive and receptive. Um, and, and, and I have worked for a Senator here and I've worked for a great business person. And I thought I knew a lot about the city, but I've learned so much in this year about organizations and individuals that I never had access or was, was too privileged to, to meet in my previous career that I have now, um, that has benefited me personally and professionally. Um, so that's what I've been doing in the first half and the second half, I've been more intentional pivoting, uh, uh, uh more, um, intentional about, um, discussing new profits business model, both from an investment perspective and um, building a pipeline of potential investments here that shows new profits um, commitment to the region and to the West Coast in a long-term sustainable way. So, oh, so are you kind of on the evaluation committee also? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's um, my day-to-day is a lot of meetings, honestly, and <laughs> um, a lot of discussions like this. Uh, I have a lot of phone calls. I write a lot of memos. Um, 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 and you know, it's, it's, it's a bit like putting together a nebulous puzzle, um, and you pull a string and you put in a piece and a different angle look, it's, looks up and it's becoming more and more uh, concrete. Um, but that's part of the entrepreneurial process. Um, um, I'm, those I, puzzles are always clear looking back. Uh, of course. Fo- yes. Looking forward. <laughs> yes. But looking forward and, and, you know, some pieces you, you think fit and then, but you're not sure until you actually fit some more pieces and then all of a sudden those pieces need to be refigured. And, um, but that's part of the process and it's part of the education. And then you realize which lines or which thinkings or which kind of linear paths or of your business model actually make sense here and apply. Um, and, and something I've learned about Seattle is, um, that it, it has, Seattle is an extraordinarily entrepreneurial city. It's famous for it. It is, and it's home to so much of world's renowned technology and brilliance and brains. And, and it has extraordinary amounts of wealth. Um, that does not mean that the wealth is connected to the uh, entrepreneurialism, nor does it mean that there's a natural social impact or a social entrepreneurial ecosystem. There is, it's just not as sophisticated and developed as I had thought. And there's a number of reasons for that, but all of these create both kind of a challenge to execute, but also a huge opportunity to bring together and to start talking about it more intentionally and defining what it is because Seattle has all of the pieces. It's a very philanthropic city. It's very, has a lot of generated wealth. It thinks in a social entrepreneur, it thinks in an entrepreneurial way and has people committed to changing, impacting the world in systemic ways. We have people that care. This is a very progressive area um, and it's connecting all that. We're a young city. I mean, Boston and New York have, a hundred plus years on everything, including the training of kind of the business perspective and the interconnectivity of networking to build these things out. But it's all the pieces are here and every day it's more interesting and people are doing more exciting things. So, 
So where does that wealth flow into? What what philanthropic <clears throat> sectors? Um, I, I think that it it, it varies. I mean, um, I think that um, right now, Seattle and the Pacific Northwest, and in general, and when I say Seattle, I say Greater Seattle and the, the metro region. We're experiencing homelessness crisis, and homelessness is. A, I wish sometimes I could. I would. We could retire that word because homelessness is an end result. Someone doesn't have a stable place, but the reasons why someone finds themselves in a place it is so varied, and homelessness means so many things. And oftentimes, people are, are are without a stable place to live for a short period of time. Some people are more chronic and systemic, and and um, but as a community and as Seattle and the Pacific Northwest goes through. It's once in a generational growth economically, the population growth. I mean, this it, this is they're all um, this is a soup of turbulence, um, and when that happens, you have disparities and inequalities become so much more apparent, and and they just start ripping apart. And and um, I think in so many ways, both from our infrastructure our roads, our traffic, to our housing, to our social service needs, to our policies. Seattle was not, I mean, it's a growth spurt. Seattle was not ready for what we've become in five, in the last decade, but just five years alone. Um, And the wealth that is also generated and the disparity. So it's a, there's a lot going on here. And I, I give that background in that I think more and more philanthropic organizations are focused on homelessness, but the systemic reasons behind homelessness, and they're varied. Mental health, um, um, you know, systemic issues related to opportunity inequality for communities of color, opportunities for individuals coming out of the criminal justice system, specifically individuals who are African-American men coming out of the criminal justice system, um, workforce development. Um, what is a, what does work for the future look like? Um, income in, inequality, affordability for housing. Um, you know, oftentimes the majority of people who find themselves not having stable housing, it's a temporary, it's a temporary position. It's not necessarily chronic. And that's because it's usually has to do with affordability. Um, an individual has doesn't have health care insurance, it, it doesn't have a, um, a defined benefits and slips and tweaks their back and can't work and, and they have kids and, and, and that's that person has a different scenario than someone who has a chronic mental illness and has slipped through the cracks. And so that, I, I, that's a long winded answer of yeah. saying, I think that is where our community is looking. And then I'll say that Seattle has always been a philanthropic um, hub for environmental and conservation philanthropic endeavors. New Profit does not work in this space, but here in Seattle, it's a big one. And then we're a world hub for global health. Um, uh, Gates Foundation, PATH, um, University of Washington School of Public Health, Hutch. Uh, You can go Cancel Care Alliance. These are all venerable organizations that have world reach. Um, so that's all, that's another big world vision I should throw in there. All of these organizations. Um, oh, that's right. World vision is based here, aren't they? Yeah. Like in cancer or something. Yeah. And, 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 and out of it, like any hub, um, tentacles grow out of it. So um, Seattle's world footprint in global health 
continues to grow because you have the resources and the brain power here because of these organizations. So I think that is where Seattle has always focused um, its efforts. And now I think we're looking at some real systemic related equity issues for the first time. I think collectively um, uh, collaboration between these, these are not competitors. This is this huge need. So I think bringing collaboration and figuring out a shared narrative um, on resources, on intentionality is, 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 is one of the big challenges that I think um, organizations are continuing to discuss. Yeah, you mentioned Fair Start. They're one of my favorite programs. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I don't know. Do you know Matt Gurney? I went mm-hmm. to school with him for a minute. Of course. Yeah. Super cool program. Great. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I love because they like their program is generating revenue for the nonprofit. It is. I mean, if, if for those who don't know what Fair Start is, it's, uh, um, it, it, like I said, it, it, it focuses on providing, um, life skills, um, through the food services industry to individuals who are, um, have gone, suffered through homelessness for a myriad of reasons and for individuals coming out of the criminal justice system, providing them life skills so they can re-enter work. And one of the things that Fair Start offers is they actually have a restaurant in downtown Seattle, 700 Virginia Avenue, for those in the city, um, that is really good. And you, of, you oftentimes see the mayor there because it's a place to be seen and the food is great. And, and in the back kitchen, students are learning how to become our next servers. And, and, and you know, Fair Start's one of these organizations that also helps young, young individuals um, youth through, um, barista program. But, but, um, I think food service and industry is always been, regardless if you're suffering through homelessness or criminal justice, or you're a college student, food services industry has always been the start for many great careers. It teaches you about, you know, uh, employment and, and coworkers and having bosses. The hope of Think Fair Start is that food services is a launch. Um, it's a second chance or a third chance um, into having the purpose of a, a fulfilling career. So I, I highlight them. They're probably one of the best examples of a social entrepreneur endeavor that has succeeded. Um, and But there are many, many more. Goodwill is another great organization based here in Seattle that's doing phenomenal work focused on economic development and work, workforce training for many, many new new arriving um, immigrants. Uh, Seattle is, is blessed to have um, uh, a place where we welcome immigrants to come here um, and and add to the fabric of our community um, and, and Goodwill does a good work in helping them transition from their lives to, to the Seattle area. How do you evaluate who to fund and what kind of metrics do you look for? And then what do your investors look for? New Province has been doing this for 20 years, as I mentioned. They have a, a built-up, um, its own metrics of investment through testing and retesting. And there's an entire back-end analytic team in Boston that looks at this through various metrics, like like a, like a venture firm would look at investments. Like uh, and There's a number of metrics. Um, I'll say the first and foremost metric and I think most VCs would agree about startups. You don't invest in the concept, you invest in the leader. Well, isn't there a term like, you bet on the jockey, not the horse? Exactly, and that is that is critical. Your new profit is invested in you. Your organization's great, but they did it because of you. Well, and That's a compliment to hear, because sometimes you really question the grind. <laughs> that, you know, fortitude is part of leadership. Leaders yeah. have fortitude and they have tenacity and, 
And Whether not smart enough to quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want to call keep it. Keep banging your head against the wall. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I say that leadership is probably the hardest to gauge. It's, 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 it's an intuitive thing. Um, but there are a lot of metrics. You can look at demonstrated success. You can look at um, board development. You can look at um, clear business model, clear plan, clear, clear idea of, of, of their mission, a clear idea of what capacity building looks like a clear mission for what an exit looks like, an idea of how to start building um, sustainability. That's, again, another word for being able to generate an ongoing revenue source. Um, uh, a, a, a willingness to recognize some faults in the system um, and, and some opportunities for them to grow. Um, and um, uh, I think, and also, you know, there's, you know, there, there literally is a metric system on evaluating a cohort. Um, and they go through the metrics. There's a, an extensive interview, extensive back-end kind of um, validation process. Um, it, it, VC, again, due diligence. There's a lot of due diligence. That's like looking at your back-end, kind of like your financials, looking at your investments, uh, excuse me, looking at your investors or your donors, um, looking at how you approached um, um, systemic change, et cetera. Um, and there are, um, uh, cohorts are built up and presented to our board. Um, and with an idea of the kinds of investments we want to make, uh, new profit has a, um, a portfolio of issue areas, but it's all one investment fund. Um, education has been our biggest, um, it looks at um, economic development. It looks at um, other variables. But I will tell you that two things are transcendent and are variables that cross all of our deliberations. Are one, as social entrepreneurs, are they part of a greater systematic change? I mean, social entrepreneurship is almost kind of looking at one aspect, but collectively, and the aggregate, our portfolio, have we made the right investments that we're collectively making a systematic change approach? And secondly, um, we call it inclusive impact, that we are addressing diversity, equity, inclusion, and capitalizing um, uh, uh, community uh, leaders and communities of color and organizations, and that we are looking at the importance of a lived experience and proximity um, to the issues. Um, those are two variables that transcend all of our investment perspectives. And I think here in Seattle, an added thing would be the regionality of issues. How, when you look at systematic change, how does it resonate and how it manifests here? Um, and so there's, I think, that perspective of understanding that a social entrepreneur has a unique ability to understand the current challenge and maybe the growth trajectory of that challenge and how to scale and build capacity to um, address that. And, and, and our investors invest in our value proposition and our premise. Um, we decide how we invest. They believe that New Profit's value proposition brings the best ROI and ROI in a, con in a conventional sense is like return on investment. That's not the case. For us, it's capacity and lives touched. But through this metrics, they believe we have the best ability to 
to capacity build and prove success. So instead of shareholder wealth, you're looking at public value created. Yes, yes, nice. yes. So if someone's listening to this podcast and they're, and they're thinking, oh my God, I'm that diamond in the rough, hmm. that's totally me, how do you find them or do they find you? Is there an application process? There is. Um, um, there is uh, our website, which is um, newprofit.org, is a great vehicle to... Um, and it's a great vehicle to not only, you know, uh, introduce yourself to our organization, but it's a great inner uh, way to learn about our organization and find out ways in which to um, uh, maybe um, pivot or augment your narrative into a perspective that we're looking for. Um, uh, New Profit, through its reputation and 20 years in the business, um, it's a continual, it's a little bit, this is kind of the magic, like both individuals or social entrepreneurs present themselves to us, but it's on us to go build a pipeline. And I say that critically important because too often those who are, have not have the privilege network to understand or have the capacity, not to understand, but have had the exposure to new profit may not even know of us, and yet they may be the best social entrepreneurs. So it's on us to actually go find and build our pipeline and maybe go identify individuals that you don't even know that they're going to be great social entrepreneurs. I'll give an example. Um, uh, there's an organization called Girl Trek, um, founded by two African-American women in Los Angeles. The notion of getting African-American women out to walk in neighborhoods. It's called Girl Trek? Girl Trek. Okay. Yep. Oh, Trek. Trek, okay. T-R-E-K. Gotcha. Um, and, and this was a public health, like getting people to walk. And what happens when African-American women start walking in neighborhoods? Neighborhoods change for the good. Interesting. And this became a social movement, um, and it became a movement of connectivity and a movement of, of, of leveraging power, of lived experience. And, um, I, you know, these women um, saw the opportunity in a very entrepreneurial way um, and started out as an accelerator and now are a signature track. And they have a... Uh, um, a chapter here in Seattle. They have a website. Anyone can go on one of their walks. Um, they now are trying to pivot their power into realizing that they have the power of advocacy because you have the power of collect connectivity and co um, collective movement. You're focusing on health, getting women to walk. You're also focusing on mental health because you're connecting on a human level, knocking on doors, showing smiling faces, um, showing a community. Um, that's an example of... of um, we have our leaders in our inclusive impact um, uh, investment space that found them. Um, and it's a beautiful find. And it's on us to go find more girl trucks. Um, and they will come through us through the conventional ways, um, but also through going out and, and, and talking to community leaders who see an opportunity to make an investment. And that, that's candidly, that's what I'm doing here in Seattle is figuring out how to go find those individuals um, that will have intentional impact with, with, with huge potential to amplify their social entrepreneur endeavors in ways that will really make change here in the Pacific Northwest. So it sounds like you're kind of people collecting. Do you have a, a little bucket of favorite people around here? <laughs> I'm learning. I don't know. People collecting. I think I'm collecting. I, I'm more inspired by um, leaders, but also um, their, their knowledge and commitment. Um, um, you know, one of the things I've learned about 
through another organization here. It's called Treehouse. I'm sure you're familiar yeah. with them. Um, they're focused on um, providing uh, equitable education opportunities for kids in the foster care system. Um, and when you unwind foster care system, you really unwind some really systemic tragedy, um, disproportionately impacting uh, uh, people from uh, members of um, um, underserved communities um, and uh, voices that have been have no advocacy. Um, and oftentimes the, the the pipeline from foster care to prison systems is is, is too direct. Um, and and unwinding that, and and I had the privilege of going to the Monroe Correctional Facility um, at the end of last year, an event sponsored by them, and it was profoundly impactful to sit down with um, individuals that are incarcerated and they were foster care, and how the system broke for them, and how we need to change that. That's inspiring. Um, Treehouse is an organization that's making real impact. Um, and so, and, and phenomenal leadership, all of the qualities. Um, but I, I, I think I'm inspired by the exposing of systemic change. I'm inspired by individuals that are having hard conversations and making people feel uncomfortable about realities that need to be addressed in new and innovative ways. Um, and so I think that's, um, I think that's what a true social entrepreneur can accomplish and 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 I'm looking for those individuals here in the Pacific Northwest and and new profit is too you know if we can find some gems and some build a, build a stable here it it will grow and grow and grow I'm excited to see what you do with it <clears throat> yeah, me too to, we'll circle back in a year and yeah. see what your bucket looks like yeah yeah um I I I look forward to doing that and I you know I look forward to connecting um uh, uh with um yeah, having more and more conversations about um individuals invested interested in investing in us and individuals and leaders that we need to invest in to make some um, some real impact, like you. Well, thank you. Yeah. So Brian Threenar, New Profit Foundation, or yeah. New Profit Incorporated, I guess. A New I Profit, have. or we're not incorporated. Uh, we're just a New Profit LLC, but it's New yeah. Profit. Okay, yeah, thank profit. you. Yes, thank you for being here. Thank you for doing what you're doing, and thank you for your tenacity, your leadership, your lived experience, um, and your your empathy and kindness for... Um, for um, bringing about some really impactful change. Well, thank you, because you're, you're coming out here, opening up that door for opportunity. I hope. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All, right. All right, thank you. Thank you.